All right, Joel Nolan, Sensei Joe. This is season two, episode six. Is that true? Of the Art Fight Podcast. Man, oh man. Halfway through, y'all. It's funny how we arrived at 12. Maybe we should do 13. 13 is kind of like a thing for me. 13 is a thing for me. <laughs> hey, so you're actually singing tonight, aren't you? I am singing tonight. That's awesome. I better preserve my voice. Yeah. So tell me about this. Uh, let's go ahead and just get right into Joe Plugs. Joe Plugs. <laughs> That's time for Joe Plugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're you're singing tonight with with my I am old singing tonight. Yeah. My old friend Max Starks. Yeah, your old buddy Max Starks. Max Starks uh, and I. Uh, nowadays primarily know each other because we because he uh does all the uh digital content you know the whole online world of uh wpln national public radio is mm-hmm. under max domain uh he's a kind uh, monarch a benevolent monarch yeah and um uh in in a digital realm and uh, uh he and i are basically partners on the Pikes Project photo essays that I've done on their website and the broadcast that we've done. Mac and I have recorded a bunch of, well, like three so far, basically spoken word pieces where he composes music to the, the poetry that he records from me. I'll just re- read it and then he'll basically create music to go underneath it. Yeah. Um, and at some point, I think we're going to try to actually release something. I keep on, every time we do it, I'm like, we got to put this out. And he's always like, okay, <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. We need a couple more. I think we need like five. You know, whatever. What's up with these numbers? Thirteen, five. Yeah. So, so that's they're both prime, sir. That's, I think it's that's cool. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mac is such a, a a creative and such an interesting sort of artist in his own right, but he's mm-hmm. obviously holding it down. Yeah. Massively for WPLN. Yeah, and he's a he's a yeah. you know definitely like a local known quantity in the singer songwriter realm. Yeah. Did you ever so. hear his old band, uh, uh, Farmer Not So John? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, um, he was also just recently playing. I, you know, I have to apologize to say that I missed him, but he was just playing like a uh, Matthew Ryan did a residency mm-hmm. at the new Radio Cafe up in uh, East Nashville, up in Inglewood, and uh, and Mac opened for him. I think I think he might have opened for him every week. So like they did like four shows up there. That's that's great. Yeah, so he's been playing a lot. I like it. I like it when people have to you know focus on their lives and get things done, but at the same time find ways to get back out into their. Mm-hmm. creative swing again yeah and the other uh, guy who's going to play tonight is Andrew Adkins and he just I mean he's a singer songwriter himself he's had a bunch of music in television shows and films and he um, uh, produced my latest single Savage Nomads so we just recorded that over at Andrew's house oh so yeah yeah he's got a, a studio Electrahead Studios in East Nashville and he's making records for other people all the time was there anything different about how you made this record from any other um i tell you what it was a little bit like my second album which was basically an unplanned kind of project where we just started i I was basically documenting the band and uh, well let me just tell you what we did this time so this time i had songs that i wanted like new songs that had no recordings of but uh, Jerry Hager and I and my guitar player, J.P. Lilliston, we're already working on an album and not finding the time to even get that done, let yeah. alone record more material. Yeah. So uh, I talked to Andrew about that and he's like, just come over to my place. So I went over there and just recorded guitar vocal tracks. And then the more we worked on, the more just that day when we recorded that afternoon, 
the more we worked on them, the more Andrews just started saying, oh, I could like, what if we did this? What if we did that? Like talking in terms of accompaniment and other things we could add to it. And I just, I was like, man, you know, we're just, I mean, he was just having me over to just do some recording because the studio was open kind of thing. And I'm like, dude, like this is, if I walk out of here with like some good guitar vocal demo recordings, essentially, Total success. that's yeah. all I'm here right, to do. Yeah. So I'm like, so if you want to add these, something to these, you can do that and I'll let you do whatever you want. Like you're going to do it, just have fun and that'll, hopefully that'll be worth it for you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so he did a really interesting uh, uh, production on, on a, a number of songs. I've got a few more songs we recorded that I'm going to plan to just put out as like singles. It's been really helpful to have like uh, just something to put out there while you're waiting to get a bigger project done. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think that increasingly that's just the way to go. Yeah. I think that just about every project with the exception of just a very few is more than it needs to be in budget and scope and uh -huh. scale. Yeah. I feel like that, you know, I mean, we're seeing less and less of it, but it feels to me like that these days making something that is uh, just leaner and meaner, I think just cuts through yeah. better because the production value of everything is just so stellar and so good across the board. It's almost like the only way you can stand out is to just sort of abandon a lot of those conventions or something and yeah and and kind of poke through that way. I, I'm trying to think of like examples of, of bands or, or people that like appeared and definitely were doing pretty well, but then sort of got exponentially blown up. Uh, like the Shins would be an example. Mm -hmm. So like like the the first record major record that they put out it was it sounded almost to me when it came on I, yeah, I'm such a curmudgeon old person <laughs> at this point but I was like wow who's this band that is straight up lifting uh, sort of old like uh, Genesis with Peter Gabriel uh -huh. you know that's what I was hearing yeah. immediately was that kind of that kind of work and it actually kind of sounded the same like the, yeah. the fidelity of it was sort of compressed or like um not in a hype kind of way, but like in a, just a, everything was made kind of small. Yeah. And, it's, and I'm trying, I'm sorry. I'm like it still sounded great and, and balanced yeah. and amazing. I'm getting distracted because in my brain, I'm, I'm thinking of this line from uh, American Psycho where, you know, he's talking about, he starts on his rant about Phil Collins music, right? <laughs> but he starts talking about Genesis and he starts talking about, and it just says exactly the opposite, of course, where he says that, you know, because his whole thing is about trying to appear as mundane and mediocre as he possibly can so he can fit in with society. So he's like, he's like, I didn't care for their work with Peter Gabriel or something like that. Too artsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Even, even more bizarre that it's, it's a yeah. fair, it's a fair um, yeah. criticism. <laughs> but I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I do too. I like both of them, actually. They're, they're, uh, you know, to me, to me, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really interesting experimental things going on during that era and especially in England. And I feel like yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That got really silly, you know, but some of it is revolutionary and certainly all of it is like the vision of things to come. You know what I mean? I so, think it's incredible that, yeah. I mean, bands like that were the last to really just be, to be in the heyday of concept albums and, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, really it was, it was the, the end of the era where you could just be an ugly dude that, that was a really <laughs> excellent artist and musician yeah. and still play stadiums. Mm -hmm. 
that's kind of it's kind of freaky right it's kind of shocking to think about that maybe genesis specifically yeah. ruined it all for everyone yeah. else no i'm not saying that i mean you know uh it, I, I just think that uh everything's become that, that's just it kind of ties into what we were just talking about because it's everything why make such a big production of mm. things when everything is just like a really beautiful, nice, amazing, high quality as anything ever needs to be right. presentation. Yeah. And so the things that really stand out, at least to me, are things that are of a time or more humanistic or some, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all those things you're talking about, like things that are of a time or things that are of a place or things that, that put you in your human self, you know, or whatever. I think that all that stuff is like you're speaking to like tactility in a way. And it's sort of like we were just talking about before we started. Brian has this really great little setup here with this audio board that we record all this stuff on. And we were both talking about the idea that you know, it, it would be fun to record an album on something like that, if only just to have literally a more hands-on kind of experience and not be just doing everything, staring at the screen in, you know, virtual space. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm screened out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's so many things yeah. that you just absolutely have to use it for, so yeah. great, but... Speaking of spaces, really quick, let me finish our thought from earlier just so people oh, yeah. know. I know that this won't probably get out there to anybody in time, but the show that we're talking about <laughs> is tonight, Thursday the 19th, tonight, tonight, tonight. at Fond Object uh, in East Nashville, not the one on 4th Avenue South. I can, I can, I can push this yeah. out pretty quick after. Okay, cool. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but the, it's just for posterity's sake, on this day, we played a show at Fond Object with Mac and uh, Andrew Atkins, and it's going to be fun. It's, gonna be, it's a beautiful night. It's not too hot out. I think it's going to be great. What if you, uh, for some reason, just it's horrible and you bomb terribly, oh, no. you know, like you just forget half of the <laughs> lyrics and like just everything just goes to the worst. Then you would come back and be like, um, so who? Who what? <laughs> it, uh, huh? I don't really want to record for a while. <laughs> yeah. No recording. No, no I'm actually really excited because awesome. we have a, um, uh, I have a rhythm section that I haven't played with. Really, we just had one rehearsal the other night. And uh, that's kind of typical in Nashville. Like Nashville's full of great players, but if they're good, they're in demand. And lots of guys are on the road, especially in the middle of the summer. And so sometimes I'll find myself in a situation where there's a big enough slot and it's the right venue where it's like, hey, yeah, if you want to put together a whole band, this yeah. is a great time to do that. Yep. But it's easier said than done sometimes. So my regular bass player couldn't do this gig. And then... Um, uh, we don't really have a guy who's like the regular drummer. The most regular drummer now is like drum teching with Cinderella or something, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's off touring all summer pretty much, you know. Um, but we got uh, this guy, Kevin Hornback, who recorded all the bass pretty much, almost all the bass <laughs> on my last record, right? And uh, and I've played with him live before and he's a great fucking player. Um, he plays with uh, with like Reeves Gabrels all the time, right? So he's, he's a fucking monster, right? Um, and then this other guy, Pete, I'm gonna say his, his name wrong. I'm, a, I'm just gonna call him Pete and <laughs> leave okay. it at that because right. his name is, it's a little complicated. If I, if I'll, I'm gonna find it here and I'll say it, but I might have to you do it in a minute. You got the Pete part down. Yeah, it's, it's Pete. <laughs> and then, if I look at it I'll, I can tell you what it is but anyway but we're gonna uh, so we'll have a whole band it's gonna be real fun and and, it, and to have actually to have the luxury of running through the songs one time and not just sharing the recordings with people yeah like it, it, it meant all the difference so just the other night we played together for the first time and it's like if this would just been the show I'd have been good with it <laughs> you know because yeah. that that was so God, it's just amazing how 
how just efficient these these people are and they're just yeah send me your recordings i'll show up to one rehearsal good to go we'll mostly kill it (laughs) yeah so yeah enjoy the ride yeah enjoy the ride joe it's really good for me because i I, the other night it reminded me too of that when you when i am and have when i do have the luxury of playing with a drum and a bass right like playing in a full band it's like all of a sudden now my my um, duties as a rhythm guitar player are completely different, mm-hmm. totally different. I'm in a whole other realm and it's an easier, more expressive, fun place to be yeah. instead of just the the brute shoveling of you're holding down all the rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you become more ornamental and it's, Less it's really shackled. nice. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. It's really, really nice. So I'm looking forward to playing guitar tonight and also not playing guitar and then playing the guitar again because you can do that when you got a bass and a drum behind you. <laughs> that was always the um, that was always the best when when there's something about uh, if you have something that you've been playing on a more low key or acoustic level or whatever, and then all of a sudden that moment when you can open it up to a band and you know all of a sudden you're hearing it for the first time in this kind of group yeah way you know it's with the noise level and the Mm -hmm. dynamics and people listening and responding to things and Mm -hmm. having conversations with you know melody melody and you know Mm -hmm. once it gets to that point we got other people interacting in the sandbox of what you're doing it's like the best i mean oh it's awesome yeah it's awesome that's the thing that keeps leading you back to to doing it not you but like leading people back to doing it like for me it's like i I, I don't even want to carry drums anywhere right they're loud yeah I think that might be just kind of like not doing that anymore. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. It's interesting when you when you realize you're not doing certain things in life anymore. Mm-hmm. When you're like, when you're like, I'm not gonna like you played football, you know? Or right. It's like, no, yeah, I totally. I remember that. Like, like you know. I remember knowing like when I was. And done, it's not the same as people saying, "Oh, well, you know, you can get your friends and go play flag football in the park." It's like, no, no, no. Like, I played football. You know, actual football that experience yeah. that whole thing like you just know okay that's, yeah I, that'll never happen again right yeah so, yeah, you know, yeah unless you you know have nfl dreams yeah see yeah. i knew better yeah. <laughs> i knew for certain as obsessed as i was with playing football when i was in high school there was no way that you know i i, I might have been able to go to a smaller college in michigan and you know try out and maybe make a team somewhere you know that might have been able to happen but um, but why would I do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was obvious that it was like, okay, like the football thing was amazing. And also too, by the time, by the time I had already had a little bit of identity crisis like in my junior and senior year, because that's when like music started taking over and writing started taking over. And I was like, I didn't even know I, what I was going on is I like, I'm realizing I'm like a fucking serious artist and I'm yeah. going to make art. Like I want to so do what that. It is, is I didn't even just, know what it just the word gets supplanted. Was, really. It just gets supplanted yeah, totally. by something. Yeah. But yeah, but I guess, you know, just, just kind of from an identity standpoint or something to recognize those phases or, or things, yeah. you know, like there was, I just think it's interesting. You know, there was a time where you were identified as a football player, or you were yeah. identified it was as a good time, man. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, total detour. But I, I finally saw the Ric Flair 
uh, documentary, the 30 for 30 documentary. Uh-huh. Have you seen this? I have. It. Hold on, let me stop you really quick, okay? Now you're talking like big, tough dudes because uh, my drummer tonight's a big, tough dude. His name is Pete Polkrebek. Polkrebek, <laughs> oh, you found So it. he's got yeah. this like Eastern European uh, sort of uh, sort of name and he's... Uh, He's a, uh, he actually, I, I've seen him play drums before with my friend Tom Mason and, and the Blue Buccaneers, which are a pirate uh, pirate group. They play pirate, piratey music. That, yeah. is, is that a genre? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, he does like, like, there'll be like a historic boat show like in the Great Lakes or something and he'll travel up there and do pirate set. He'll do his pirate set. They're all dressed like pirates, singing like, it's almost like Pogsy because it's like taking like the sea shanty tradition and turn and like amping it up with blues-based rock and roll. <laughs> My mind is, is bending <laughs> right Tom Mason now. and the Blue Buccaneers. And here's the best thing about it is that it's a really good band with a lot of talented people including cool. Pete Pulkerbeck. But I I've got him tonight, so he'll be there. No pirate, yeah. No pirate work tonight. No pirate work tonight. But anyway, so Ric Flair, thirty well, for thirty. Well, yeah, I, mean, I went straight from your. I was just in Memphis, by the way. Oh, you were. Yeah. Oh yeah. I really love Memphis. Mm-hmm. And like, I like saw, it? I saw a bunch of signs for real Memphis wrestling. Oh. Yeah. So that's still happening. Still happening tradition. Do you like Memphis? I do like Memphis. Yeah. Memphis reminds me of Detroit. Huh. You know, I'm going to go up there in a couple of weeks. I've never been to Detroit. Mm. Um, Memphis is just so, it's just, it's just got a feel. It's got a feel mm-hmm. that is real concrete and real, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's sort of like a, a, on the similar strain to me as sort of New Orleans. Like, yeah. There's something that's just kind of yeah. There's something like it. that's something's like come up from the river. <laughs> it's got some kind of a power. Yeah, I really feel like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the music reflects it for sure. You know. Yeah, they got such a great music tradition there, and it's a beautiful place. There's so many like there's so many. I mean, what it comes down to is there's a lot of areas that are derelict and undeveloped in Memphis, and and because of that, there's a lot of beautiful stuff. If you like to see this sort of like real real you know like time yeah like like before everything was just a fucking facade put up by a corporation to do what you know business plan d you know what i yeah, mean cbs yeah and all the old studios that are there music studios that are there um yeah it's great i love it. i think memphis is great and i think you know nashville and memphis have kind of a kind of like i know a lot of people in nashville who really look at memphis and they get they almost project things onto it that aren't even necessarily there but mm. there are things that we're missing here that we wish we had yeah. and it looks like Memphis has it but yeah. Memphis also this is talking to artists in Memphis last week Memphis also looks at Nashville and is like like at one point somebody mentioned the Frist Center and this guy just immediately was like oh man I love the Frist Center and he oh, was wow. obvious that he was like why don't we have anything like the Frist Center? Here? I see. You know what I'm saying? So I think uh, so. I think there's things about what what we've got going on in our scene that they, you know, kind of a grass is always greener syndrome going on between us. Yeah. But I think Memphis is great, and there's a lot of great artists there and great yeah, history, just, of course. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just feel good when I'm there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was hot as hell. It was I know, hot as hell. And I hate all that, yeah. like, that shit. Yeah. And... I don't know. There's what, just, humidity? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always just had a, a pull yeah. there, and I don't know what that's about. There's a really, there's a place called Crosstown Arts that's an old Sears, 
it was a Sears store, department store, but it was also like a regional headquarters for the South, essentially. Mm. And because they're right there on the Mississippi, right? So the shipping to the to the to the region was coming out of Memphis, right? So it's this huge building. It's literally like a million square feet. I'm 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 not. I don't think I'm kidding. I think that's exactly something. The number was a million and some, you know, in terms of the total square footage of this massive building, right? Uh, but it's been taken over by a number of different things, including Crosstown Arts, which is like gallery space and all this other stuff. Um, I, I, from what I was hearing about it, I hear people who are just praising the hell out of it. I also talked to people who had reservations about it. It's only yeah. been open for about a year as far as I know. I think that's about the timeline. But they have just recently started this residency program there that at least right now is like, it's amazing, man. Huh. It's amazing, and and the residencies for next year, the deadline just passed. But if you're if you're interested in an arts residency, I'm talking about a place where you're set up with like a place to stay, a space to work in, all the kind of tools and gear you could ever want to use, um, meals provided, and this whole thing is free. All of it. You're not paying a dime for any of it. Now, there may be an entry cost to huh. you know to apply. A lot of times it's 25 bucks or something, admission sort of thing, but or administration thing. But but it's a lot of residencies. You ultimately have to pay a tuition to attend, right? And this one, there's no cost at all. You just got to get to Memphis, and then you're taken care of pretty much. Wow. You know, so it's it's an amazing residency. So what do you? I'm I'm sort of woefully. I mean, I've never done any sort of residency. To me, it seems weird. <laughs> to me, it just seems like a really contrived, caged, automated circumstance to get things done. And mm. this, like, how can I? I don't know. I think, I, 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 mean, yeah. I know there's a whole other f obvious yeah. flip, right? Where it's like, this is an avenue, and this is a way a way to sort of cultivate, and you have to have yeah. these sort of. Uh, if you look at the arts as a system, you know mm -hmm. this is sort of an incubation and a a thing that needs to ha like I get it, I get it in a conceptual way, but uh -huh. I, I guess I'm just projecting right like my own yeah. my own point of view. Like if somebody asked, I don't nobody would ever ask somebody to do a residency. You have to ask to do it, right? But I'm just saying, uh, so I would never. That's not going to happen in my life, but. If, there are, yeah, there are residencies where somebody might ask you to do it and you get a stipend to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just, that's, that's where you really want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess at the very least yeah. that, but it just, it just seems weird to um, be required to be in a place. And I mean, ultimately I understand that like you can benefit from the environment and mm. being liberated of the struggle of mere survival mm. uh, is, is a real help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sort of downplaying the thing. I guess I'm just sort of like... I, like I just wonder how much I I am interested in the impact it has on the work or the nature of ideas, mm -hmm. just the construct of a residency. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it just like, do people generally just go and kind of do the same stuff they always do, but mm. there? My, I would say this. I did a residency like literally a year ago in Sedona, Arizona. And basically for me, the benefits were you're in the midst of one of the most wildly psychedelically insane looking yeah. places yeah. that exist, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'd been there before, but I'd never been there in the summer. And in the summer, it is insane. It is insane. Like that place is just crawling with life. And at the same time, it's all just rock, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but there's like lizards and snakes and crazy looking birds and all this shit, like all over the place. Yeah. Fucking like, you know, um, people, you, people should not be living there. It's yeah, like, it's, it's no, like, it's, it should be space. Yeah, no, it's completely insane. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> insane. So so that I I think that there was 
I think I was certainly inspired just by being in a place that was so completely different from my everyday surroundings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the fact that really the only thing that I was beholden to the whole time I was there was my own rule, which was that I was going to write a song every day. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I can do whatever I want. Do whatever you want. You know what I mean? I had a car, so I could just leave. You know what I mean? Do whatever you want. This song you know? is called A Chord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so anyway, so it was like it was like there was no expectation of me other than that. And and the other thing was I was going to say is it also gave me like different like places to work in. Like there was like, I could go hang out in the library and just like work on these lyrics for a little bit, or I could go, um, you know, to this room over here, uh, behind the stage where there was like three different pianos in three different locations where I could just go spend the afternoon at one of those pianos. I yeah. don't even have a piano. It's like a, it's like a, a spa for creativity. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I just didn't have, <laughs> why don't, don't they just call yeah. it that? And I don't a have creative that, spa. I don't have, you know, I mean, I'm limited right now. That's, that's also part of it is for me right now, I don't know. I mean, if I had a room in my house that was dedicated to like all my creative stuff, like I'd used to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which I hope to have in the future, maybe I won't feel so rejuvenated by that experience. No, I get it. But I get it. Yeah. suddenly, I've got lots of places just to work in, and it was like, oh wow, Woo. I'm, exci- I'm excited yeah. about it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? no, so I, it was good for me in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess I just wonder how much, in some constructs, depending on the yeah. nature of the residency or whatever, like how much does at any point it start to feel like you're just delivering homework uh-huh. or something? Or, yeah, yeah. You know, there's also the thing too. One thing I would say about it is, you know, and, and I think you can have mixed results on this because you don't necessarily know what you're getting into. But I think that the the ability to connect to other people and maybe make bigger connections that are even if they're just you know uh, creative colleagues that you now have other you know, professional connections with or creative connections with or whatever, that aspect of it, I think is also can be really important. I didn't meet a whole lot of people that I felt, you know, other than enjoying their company. I didn't really have experiences of like, Oh man, like this is going to open up some kind of a door for us to work together, or this is going to help me do something better. Nothing like that really, you know, but, but I think you can have that. I think you can find like, there's a show at, um, Coop right now that I think is actually that Coop is in Nashville at the packing plant in Wedgwood Houston neighborhood and I almost want to say that the show at Coop I talked to there's an artist named McLean Fanstock who was there uh, when when the show opened on first Saturday uh, and I talked to her about it and I want to say she told me that that was sort of like Mike this art, art, artist named Mike Calway Fagan who used to live in Nashville and some other people who are actually in residency at Crosstown right now. And mm. this was sort of an opportunity for them to take like the early formation of some kind of idea that they're all just collectively working on and just go ahead and do, let's just do a little exhibition because it's a small space. You know, you can do something really experimental and yeah. not, you know, it doesn't require a huge amount of work to do an interesting show there. Um, <laughs> but, but so that might be worth, if, if, if any of this sounds interesting, go check out the show at Coop. I think it'll be up for another month because they're usually up for two months. Man, I should I should hit you up for um, help with. Um, I have to do this. Uh, uh, I have to do. It. I, I, it was awesome that I was invited by uh, Mark Scala, uh, Scala, Scala, uh-huh. Mark Scala mm-hmm. of the Frist Art. Are you doing the Pechacucci thing? Yeah. Oh, dude, so am I. <laughs> Are you on the same one? Yeah. I don't. I, isn't there only one? Well, no. There's there's like volumes of it. Mm, this, I don't uh, know which one I'm in. 
I'm doing, I think it's volume 29. Okay. Uh, I don't understand what you mean. They're gonna, they're gonna I don't do, understand anything. Joe. They're going to do, th- how many of them are they going to do? I don't know. I, it's, don't, doesn't it just mean that they've done these Pachacucha things before and this is the 29th one? Yes. Okay. Well, I've been the same one. <laughs> is it is photography and architecture? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same one. We're on the same one. <laughs> nice. So the yeah, so tell them about that. Do you know about the exhibition that's happening? It, the the media preview was today, but I didn't go. Uh yeah. But you're the media. I, I don't go to all the previews. You just can't be bothered? Sometimes sometimes I'm too busy to go. <laughs> and then other times <laughs> I don't want to go. Because yeah. sometimes like I don't I would rather I don't honestly I don't care what artists think they're doing and I don't care what curators think they're doing. Yeah. I care what I think you're doing when I go to your exhibition alone, preferably unannounced and unaccompanied, right? Yeah. I just want to look at it. Yeah. And I want to think my own thoughts and have my own ideas. Yeah. And then, even 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 uh, ill-fated foundations of thinking or totally, whatever, totally. yeah, all of that stumbling, yeah, totally. it, all, it's all very valuable. Completely, yeah. because at the end of the day, when I sit down to write this thing, my perspective is what matters because mm. I'm the one writing it, and that's the whole fucking point of having a critical voice. Yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, I also sometimes find myself woefully in need of education, like when they're doing a show on, uh, you know, uh, Indian art, you know, uh, from you know, a certain historical period, it's like, I'm probably going to show up to that and get the tour from the lady from London because yeah. I don't know, what do I know about the right. vastness of Indian culture and religion, let alone the <laughs> fucking artistic expressions that have come from that. So it's yeah. like, sometimes I feel like I need to get some blanks filled in and so I can so I can speak about this in some intelligible way. Right. You know? But when it comes to like a show of contemporary painting or a show of... Uh, uh, architecture and photography. I, I think I just want to go look at it. You know what I mean? I, I did go take. I did go see his contemporary. It's called uh, Image Building. I think so. Something yeah, like that's Im- a good title, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Should we look it up? Yeah. I got. Did you get the email yesterday? I did. Okay. Yesterday afternoon. Uh, um. Here it is. I've got. A, I got a return email from them right now. Why should I read that? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so this twenty. So the format of this whole thing is. 20 slides, 20 seconds. That sounds right. And you do it for like six minutes or something. I used to, I used to write a blog for a guy whose whole thing was about doing presentations. Like he was like a presentation guru. And for a while I was writing his blog for him. Right. And so he would sometimes give me like prompts, like something about this, something about that. But after a while I got it, like I understood like, okay, I get, I know what we're doing here. So I would just come up with my own generated ideas and just do sort of like lists of tips of how to do this or that. You know what I mean? And, um, uh, and so I was familiar with this form of it's, it's like a, some kind of like uh, presentation haiku, basically, <laughs> you know, where there's this, you know, here's your, they in, called it that. Here's your, in, your slides and the amount of time you spend on each slide. And it's a little bit of a race and you're trying to synchronize this perfect message and within a slot, you know? We, yeah. 20 second turns of the slides. It's all. Yeah. Image you, building, how photography transforms architecture. That's the word transforms is interesting. I did think that I, <laughs> Right, because ultimately that that applies to something being informed at the very least, mm-hmm. and how is that happening, or how it, how is that quantifiable through, yeah. through uh, any photographic effort? Mm-hmm. That's it's it, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I was happy to get that though because um, totally, uh, you know, I, 
did your email say that you do drone work? I don't think so. Okay, just want to make sure it wasn't the same <laughs> no, no, email no. that went it to was, everybody. No, no, no. It was. It was. You don't do drone completely. Work. No, no, no. It was referring to the the Pikes Project stuff. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like those emails where you can tell that they went above and beyond boilerplate. No, there was at least a few sentences that were directed right toward me. Yeah, yeah. I actually got and I got two emails that were essentially the same email, and in, but not quite the same email. And in that, I could see even more starkly like yeah. the version that all of us got versus the version that only I got, right? Yeah. Um, and it, which was just funny. But if, I do the same thing with my press releases. I'm like, hey, dog, what's up? Yeah, yeah. It's good to see you on Saturday night. Let me tell you about my new song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. We don't have time to write How all these emails. How ubiquitous is dog? Yeah. <laughs> Does that work for you? Yeah, yeah. Also, too, what about um, how many? So, it's, I think it said there was going to be like maybe eight to a dozen people doing it. Does that sound right in the email? Yeah, something like that. So, I don't know who. It'd be interesting to see who else gets involved in this. Yeah how did how did it, did how did they choose people? Because right know. now, I basically yeah. everybody I've seen in the last two days has been chosen for it now. Who else? You. That's it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think of who else in town has some a project that connects photography to film in one way or another. The and then also and in I relationship to the, I guess, the yeah. civic... You should uh, totally double down on Nashville's dead over the, in the midst of this whole thing. <laughs> Make Nashville's I, dead. Oh like, my that's God. your exhibition right there, bro. Your presentation is the exhibition. I... <laughs> I already thought about this and yeah. I already thought about what who oh I love it what would, what would happen from the architect side mm. I wonder who will be yeah that's uh, true too a given authority on that and the intersection of architecture and uh, art uh-huh and so that's what yeah that's what I ran into pretty quickly uh, when I was I thinking didn't even about, think of that yeah yeah interesting I don't mean to have like I don't basically no of course not of course I just not. want to be in my own pool doing yeah. my own thing I don't want to yeah I don't want, I'm not I trying to call want, anybody I, I just as a as a fellow photographer Brian a mm. photographer of architecture yeah. I can tell you I find those images compelling and I would like them to see have an audience <laughs> yeah well you know I think uh, yeah it'll be interesting mm-hmm. it'll be fun to find out who, who else is involved I'm not sure who I can't think. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people who are doing, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not the first guy to take a photo of a weird sign on Gallatin Pike, but you know, there's not a whole lot of people who formalize that into like a, an, an, you know, a multimedia thing. Why don't, why don't we just, why don't we just combine ours and just say, yeah, totally. Joe and I would do a podcast anyway. So why I was don't... just thinking we should get like luchador mask and like literally tag team this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, speaking of, you gotta that would watch. Be awesome. You gotta watch the. You gotta watch the Ric Flair documentary. It's pretty great. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's. So did you see that? I don't know. Do, I guess I probably have that. I can probably find that. I think I have ESPN. ESPN Plus. Oh, I don't have that, but yeah. I can probably find it online somewhere. Pretty soon, that's gonna be where all the fights are on. Is that where they're all going? See, that's where Manny Pacquiao fought the other night, and I couldn't watch it unless I wanted to get ESPN Plus. It's it's all in transition. It's mm-hmm. all it's all moving around. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing is that yeah, that's when they're that, at that point. I won't be able to watch fights on Fox anymore, right? They'll be on ESPN Plus, ESPN or ESPN Plus. Or oh, so whatnot. some so some of the fights will actually just be streaming only, maybe. And that's the yeah. thing is that and I, I don't, now you have to have a plug. You get a plug in for your TV though. And I don't know how this relates to Fight Pass or what, like it's all very yeah. confusing. And I know that people understand right. this that they're smarter than me, but it does speak to like um, you know 
the growth of the the whole sport mm-hmm. you know it's been this precarious kind of you're always trying to figure out how yeah. can i watch it it becomes yeah. part of like the yeah. hunt yeah of like how do you make this happen yeah. what service like and also when you're trying to do it without cable yeah well uh, if you're if you're as far as i know if you're in north america the way that you watch fights, the the one fights, right? The, that are uh, mostly all over Asia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one championship fights, MMA fights, uh, is with a, an app on your phone. This Today, this morning, I'm getting alerts saying like, hey, the fights have started. It's like 30 it's Wow, like 30 so they got fights. dialed in. Yeah, and you just turn it, you watch it on your phone, and that's how you do it. And I saw an article uh, this morning, and it had a photo of two guys had a photo of two guys arm wrestling, the hardcore arm, like over the top style arm wrestling. <laughs> and they were talking, and I didn't actually read the whole article, but they, they, it was basically talking about how niche sports like professional arm wrestling are like looking at these streaming models in order to like build significantly larger audiences, even yeah. if they could never be a show on a cable station or something like that which why couldn't they? I mean when ESPN first started they had all that weird shit was on there they had yeah. arm wrestling on there for sure <laughs> <laughs> totally and all the tough man stuff at yeah. three in the morning and yeah. some guy pulling a truck Australian with his football teeth. Australian rules football yeah <laughs> yeah that was on all the time mm-hmm. it's really funny to think about just that that wasn't that long ago and that wasn't that long ago. The whole the whole media diet thing now, and just how 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 do you relate, and the choices and yeah. all of the things. It makes it like one of the weirdest things I've noticed that 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 I've been doing is, uh, um, I don't want to search for like, if I, I think of something I want to search, you know, and I, and then I think I, I don't want to like if I hear wait something's going on with Trump or something like I don't want to search the word Trump anywhere I, I, because I don't want to have any out it doesn't matter whether I like Trump or don't like Trump I'm just saying I don't want any news I don't, I don't have an opinion <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying not to have an opinion about this I'm trying yeah. to just get some clinical information about some basic stuff or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. or just like a you know you look up one team or something the mm. one time and then it, every the whole damn internet experience thinks that you're a Blue Jays fan right. or whatever and you're like fuck I yeah. was just trying to figure out yeah, some other tangential piece of information, yeah. you know, something, and uh, yeah. And My then- brother likes a lot of like metal music that I don't like, mm. and um, and like contemporary. I mean, like bands like Hailstrom, right? So I don't, the, I don't know why he likes them, but he does. But because I've bought him CDs on Amazon or whatever for Christmas, yeah. then it's like I get nothing but like yeah. neo hair metal fucking yeah. music suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I I, I hesitate to even walk through the digital forest and make a sound. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. But, um, well, speaking of, I guess we should start heading out because you've got to get you to your show. Um, Does it seem, seem how, how long we've we been doing this? 40? Does that seem good? Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, is there anything you need to plug, Brian? Um, when is our Pecha Kucha thing? We'll talk about that again later. It's in late August. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. That's cool, man. I'm glad we're going to do that. I've been, I've been. Uh, let's see what else would be new. I mean, I, I don't know. I've got. Um, I don't know. It's too early to talk about. There's things. Oh yeah. There's things. Things. I think that um, soon I'll be having a bunch of little, a little film, film things coming. Oh good. And then uh. And then I think I've got to really find a way to get into making another music cycle. There's some more things I want to do. 
Yeah. And I definitely feel like I want to do some stuff out where people are. Yeah. Again. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we should we should try to do something together because I was talking to uh, to Seth Pomeroy about like yeah. doing like a variety show style thing where you'd have like comedy. You could have bands that weren't the same kind of music. You could have an acrobat. You know what I mean? And he could host it. He totally. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, all right. Well, you're gonna kick ass tonight. Uh, make sure you shred rock and roll. Shred some solos. Are you playing electric? No, I'm just playing acoustic. Come on, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, Sensei Joe, thank you again all the time. <laughs>